0: Welcome to The Get Together. i going low on
1: that.
0: <laughs> You're always going low. When they low. when you go low, I go high. <laughs> um, this is our show about the nuts and bolts, the brass tacks, the bare essentials of community building. I am your host, Bailey Richardson. I am one of three human beings who works at People and Company.
1: I'm Kevin Wynn. I'm also a human being that works at People and Company. I do a lot of our one-on-one coaching with community leaders.
0: Each episode of our podcast, we interview people who have built communities about just how they did it. How did they get the first people to show up? How did they grow to hundreds, thousands more members? Today, we're very excited to be talking to two folks down in Atlanta, Jamie Allen and Sally Parham, two members of the team behind the Squirrel Census. Yes, it is what it sounds like. Squirrel
1: census. Squirrel census. Counting squirrels.
0: <laughs> the squirrel census started down in ATL in 2012 with a very simple, semi inexplicable wild idea let's count squirrels and present our findings to the public. While they're certainly rigorous, what these guys are doing isn't just dry, old science. The team at the Squirrel Census are considerate, they're design-savvy, and as you can tell from all their writing, Vimeo videos, and playful social media, they are deeply funny people. They've made a scientific activity into something not just accessible, but playful. Since that first census in Atlanta's Inman Park, the team has hosted three more, including most recently an ambitious foray into Central Park. More than 500 New Yorkers came out to count squirrels with them, and it was all over the news, spurred on by features in the New York Times, support from leaders at the Parks Association, and pun-filled tweets by the New York City Mayor's office. Kevin, what did you take away from our conversation today with Jamie and Sally? Just uh,
1: Jamie and Sally's... Use of different roles within the community. I think there are some that are explicit. They have squirrel ciders, they have squirrel scouts, um, they have their core team, and each of those people have roles. And then there are roles that are uh, maybe less explicitly defined, but you know they work with uh, actual like squirrel experts. I know so much about squirrels. They work with people in the city, in parks, and um, it's truly a collaborative effort, not just in getting a lot of people to do something together but, uh, in kind of empowering people to bring their unique skills to the table who are interested in this project to contribute in a meaningful way. And I think that's so cool to see how they've embraced, um, kind of leadership in different shapes and sizes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's interesting. I don't know if this will be able to come through in just audio, but we interviewed Sally and Jamie together and Jamie is the original founder. Sally came on later But it was just so clear how stoked Jamie was about his team and how stoked he was about Sally and how he's like built this like crack team of people that like he's just delighted to watch that core team expand the capacity of this like wild idea that he had. And I think these big moments of having a census, they design ways for like hundreds of people to realize it. and. I think it's funny you just see sometimes in founders or leaders or original organizers like yeah. their instincts permeate the whole thing, yeah. and it was so clear to me that Jamie was just like delighted at like how Sally's come on and added so much, yeah. um, and I can see how that like informs the entire thing. Yeah. Um, so cool! All right,
2: squirrels, squirrels, let's do it. My name is Jamie Allen. I'm the creator and head writer of the Squirrel Census.
3: And my name's Sally Parham, and I'm the Logistics Chief. Rad. Awesome. Yeah. Welcome. (laughs) All right. Well, Jamie, I know that you were probably there,
0: given you're the creator, in the beginning. So can you just take us back to the aha moment when you decided that you wanted to start a squirrel census? How did this idea become a globule and orb in your brain that it must happen?
2: I would say that there's a, there's a couple different moments, but uh, the foundational moment was when um, my dog, Sophie, was in the backyard of our Atlanta home, and she came across a child squirrel. And it had fallen out of the nest, and uh, she was nudging it. She was like a year and a half old, and she was nudging it and picking it up and putting it down, and um, I knew that she would kill it accidentally. She didn't mean it any harm, but she just didn't know what to do. And um, so I took her back inside, and we watched from the window as the squirrel went back up, or the mama squirrel came down and took the baby back up the tree. Hmm. Um, and from that moment on, she was completely obsessed with squirrels. And this is this is like 2004, I guess it was. And I didn't really think anything of it because lots of dogs are obsessed with squirrels. But as a writer, her obsession with squirrels became comical to me, and it was kind of an ongoing storyline that I was noticing. And so. Years later, I tried to, um, write a humor piece about it and the humor piece, you know, the fictional Sophie, her name is Marilyn, um, in the Mm -hmm. story was obsessed with squirrels and was convinced they were going to come down and attack everyone and kill them. Uh, and she was going to have to protect her owner. (laughs) I, uh,
0: (laughs) Jamie, yeah, we're just making clear that the owner is Jamie, (laughs) fictional version of Jamie. Yeah.
2: Um, and, um, (laughs) And then they do in the story. The story, the humor piece turned into a short story. And then there came a moment where the squirrels actually do come down <laughs> and <laughs> attack everyone. And right in that moment, I needed to know how many squirrels were out there. Hmm. Um, so I started calling hmm. around, and uh, no one had the slightest idea. They were laughing if I, when I asked the question, but I thought I thought it was <laughs> kind of funny. And I think it's important to note that at the same time, I was interested in telling a story through infographics. I followed New York Times infographics and Feltron and that kind of thing Mm -hmm. and wanted to tell short stories through infographics in fun ways. I was dating someone at the time. She was a graphic designer and um, we would come up with story ideas. And then this idea came into play where like you can go out and count squirrels and then present the infographics. And so the only thing I lacked <laughs> at that moment was an entire team to do that. I had no idea how to count squirrels or do <laughs> infographics or anything like that. And so then it became sort of like a months long exercise. And the first person I talked to about it was my best friend, Stuart. And he previously had a lot of experience putting on random art events, um, bike races that he would attach like uh, a fun game to. He wants for an entire year, painted tiny flowers onto little pieces of canvas. And each day he would hand out a tiny painted flower to somebody that he didn't know and then record their um, reaction to it. It was for him to get over his own anxiety, but it turned into this art project that by the end of the year, everybody knew who the painted flower Mm. guy was. And this is before social Mm. media. Um, So anyway, I talked to him about it. And he has that kind of brain where he doesn't ask why. And we just started coming up with ways to do it. Like, how do you do that? We're not scientists or anything. And he was the first thing I think we came up with was like, yeah, we'll create some cards and we'll go hand them out to everybody in Inman Park and have them tally the squirrels in their backyard, Uh, sort of like a regular census, I guess. One thing led to another, time passed and I just started mentioning it to people and I mentioned it to Nat Slaughter who's our cartographer and infographic guy and he was I didn't even get done with the second sentence and he was like, "Yes, I'm in." <laughs> um, I mentioned it to Josh O'Connor who's uh, with the US Fish and Wildlife Service and he's our field commander and he was just like, "Yeah, uh, obviously." Great I'm energy in.
0: online with Josh, I must say. Yeah. <laughs> that guy is made to be a character. You got to check out his Twitter account. Oh, it's yeah. Hilarious.
2: He's so great. Yeah. And, <laughs> and as the field commander, I mean, he has this commanding presence, too. And even he looks imposing, but he's like, he's a teddy bear and uh, everybody loves him. And, uh, he, you know, in his spare time, he fights wildfires. Um, he's one of those, Yeah, out west, like where it's bad. Like mm-hmm. he's um, one of those guys that's mapping the whole thing. And so he knows how to organize large groups of people and yeah. move them around. And then uh, Sally... Uh, Got involved. We needed it bad. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. Let's go into that, Uh, Sally. um, Well, first off, I think for anyone who looks into the Squirrel Census, I watch you guys' Vimeo videos, and it's very clear that there's like a crack team involved, and I love that. And everybody should see how you you reveal that to anyone who gets interested. But, but Sally, I'm I'm curious. You know, why did you eventually get involved? Like, what pulled you in? Um, New York. <laughs> um, <laughs> a free trip to new york a trip to new york New York. i
3: mean my background uh i majored in spanish and minored in dance All right. um, i moved to new york right after i graduated and worked with a catering company up there in the office so i actually worked with the ceo on her special projects so in a way this is just another special project mm-hmm. organizing teams information systems So when they were first talking about, hey, we want to go to New York and count all the squirrels in Central Park, we need someone to help us coordinate the trip that was called a discovery trip to even figure out if this is something we can do. Huh? I was like, yeah, I can help you organize a trip to New York like in my sleep. Um, So I can do that. (laughs) And when they went, it was just a great trip. And they were like. We're committing to doing this. Will you join us? And I said, yep.
2: This is all careful strategy, by the way. I'm not a strategist anyway, but I nailed this one. (laughs) I was uh, working in an office space with a a graphic design firm that Sally was working for, Office of Brothers. And uh, at least every once in a while, I would ask her to help out. Was something that was working because I saw the great work that she was doing and the organizational mm. stuff that was going on. And I saw what we were doing with the squirrel census and knew we needed organizational help. But anything I did, like my spreadsheets are not at all impressive. And um,
3: so he would show them to me? Yeah, I would, I would have to show them and just go, look, what do you hey, think of this? Check and she it And her brain look at would
2: this. be like, what do you think? To, I have to fix this. Do you know how to fix <laughs> the top row or not? <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, and so basically, yeah, the the New York trip. We asked her to get involved, uh, to help plan it. And the,
3: and that was, uh, May, 2017.
2: Yeah. And the trip went great. And, um, yeah, we were on board for central park after that, but we, we were just like, we got her. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Not locked her in. The trip was just for you, Sally. And then what happened at the first one? How so would it go?
2: So we had our, um, our team together and then we knew we needed a squirrel expert. And so we uh, reached out to Emory University and said, do you have any squirrel experts? And they did. And, <laughs> and um, his name is Donald Bassanzio and he's an epidemiologist. Uh, he's from Italy and has a really thick Italian accent and says, and we are like, please join us, please. (laughs) Perfect, (laughs) yes. (laughs) And so, yeah, he uh, had a lot of knowledge about the um, uh, methodology that was already out there, believe it or not. Like other people had already counted uh, squirrels and other types of wildlife, including a a biologist named Von Flieger. Von Flieger. Flieger. Von Flieger.
0: Um. Oh. Yeah.
2: And, um, I've seen stop. this
0: formula in uh, the article about you guys. It's there's a very extensive yeah. formula that the New York Times reprinted when they wrote about you. Yeah, that's specifically about counting squirrels, right? It's applied. Yeah to that challenge. It's yeah. amazing. We couldn't, do you yeah. guys understand it? Have you guys done the <laughs> math yourselves? <laughs> um,
2: I have it explained to me about once every three months and I understand <laughs> it for that moment. And then yeah. I forget it. And someone asks me again and I go, let me ask Donald again. Like, what, <laughs> what is it? Um, it's a complicated formula, but essentially you break down the neighborhood in the hectares or the urban space in the hectares and 100 meter by 100 meter. And you count each hectare twice, once in the morning and once in the late afternoon um, when squirrels are most active and you take that data and then you apply it to the formula, which takes into account that you're double counting squirrels and that you're under counting squirrels and that there might be two ciders in a, uh, a hectare and one cider in another hectare and that kind of stuff. And it gives you a squirrel abundance number in an area. And, um, so to do that, we were looking at this formula and the methodology and we're like, okay, well we need volunteers. We need to sign people up. And to us, you know, we operate from the standpoint of, like, why not? And it was like, yeah, it's easy. We'll get a ton of volunteers. Who wouldn't want to do this? And um, we did. We, we had a lot of people respond to the uh, the first Inman Park Squirrel Census.
0: Can you tell me about how you got the word out for that first one? We're always just so curious about, like, you have your team and then, you know, maybe your f- existing friends and family, but who were the first people that were like, I get this yeah. and I'm showing up for you? And, and how did you make the connection between you and them?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. You know, you can go through social media. We had some response from that, but then we had a couple of media organizations write about us. Uh, we just put word out that we're, we are performing a squirrel census of Inman Park and they wrote about it and put word out, and then people were uh, emailing us to sign up. It also helped to have um, the website presence by then. We've always been pretty pro-design and uh, pretty savvy when it comes to communicating our message through multiple media platforms. It's a fine line because we like to keep it organic. There's plenty of ways these days where you can like reach a large number of people if you buy followers on Instagram and that kind of thing. Uh, we don't like to do that. We've never done can you that. Say,
0: can you say why you don't like to? I agree, but I'm just like, I'm curious to put, see how you put it into words.
2: It's an accurate measurement of the value of your project, I think. You only get people uh, that come to your project who really want to be there, and you only get people hearing about your project through the natural avenues that are already in place, I think. Uh, you're not fooling yourself into thinking that, oh, you got 30,000 followers, but only 30 are interacting with you, um, we've never had that problem. We know that the people are following us are following us because they're really interested in what we're doing. Um,
3: or unfollowing because or they're unfollowing. no longer interested.
2: Right. Yeah, and that's <laughs> completely fine. Um, yeah,
0: I, I do want to just zoom in really quickly on, I already mentioned, Jamie, that you're a writer. Mm. And one of the things that immediately strikes you about... Uh, The Scroll Census. If you visit the website, is the writing like it's it's funny. I I almost laugh out loud. It's a website because it almost feels like the way people used to make websites, like in the nineties, just like a lot of text and a lot of personal expression Uh and. I can imagine that you were really able... There's something absurd about the Squirrel Census, mm-hmm. which uh, you're really able to bring to life with the way you describe it. Mm-hmm. So can you tell me about how, you know, when you're, when you're maybe reaching out to press or reaching out to people to explain the Squirrel Census, like, what's your approach with your voice? Is it just your natural kind of way of operating? Or how did you think about communicating the energy of the Squirrel Census to other people? <laughs>
2: uh, I just... Did it. I just, um, <laughs> I would say that, uh, the squirrel census voice, um, if I can call it that is as natural a voice as I can put out there. Mm. It's, I want to count squirrels and my team wants to count squirrels. And so we're just trying to reach people to count squirrels. There's humor embedded in it. And the type of writing that, um, I think I've done best and enjoyed the best, um, always has a humorous element, but it, and it opens people up and then, it, uh, Chekhov, I think said, you open them up with humor and then you punch them in the gut. <laughs> um, and so I like to open people up with humor and let's not not take ourselves too seriously, but then give them something that's, uh, has a little more substance and meaning behind it. And so that's to me, the kind of voice that the squirrel census embodies, um, where, Having fun, yes, it's kind of humorous to do this. But then once you were living it, we're actually living this experience where I think all of us had no idea where this would take us, and we had no idea what we would learn from squirrels. We just did it. And we're willing to do it. Uh, but this journey along the way has just been like, wow! I didn't. I, I had no idea that. I would be in the place that I'm at right now. I had no idea that I'd know this about squirrels. And we certainly had no idea that we'd be reaching this many people in um, Mm. in New York. Yeah. And and I'll also say that I've been writing for the web, like, professionally since the 90s. Um, I was with CNN.com during the early days. And there's always, from the very beginning, there is this push and pull between... Uh, long-form journalism and just letting loose with everything that you want. And then people were saying, no, 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 it's TV. They just give them the short stuff. That's Mm. all anybody cares about. And Mm. I I always uh, was pushing for longer-form journalism. And I came from the the foundation that uh, we were teaching people how to use this medium. This is the first time they were using it. And so we were teaching them how to use it. We could teach them how to experience media in long form and in different ways and more creative ways. The Squirrel Census has been a great opportunity to do that because no one's telling us what to do. and We can just do whatever we want.
0: And tell me about that first event. So let's go back to set the scene. Some people show up. And what did you guys do with that first group of people? And how did you know that you wanted to do it again after? Like, what were the signals that you wanted to keep going?
2: Yeah, we were all kind of nervous um, when everybody showed up. Like, you have that first time you're doing anything and you're like, first time you're doing a 5K, you know, you're kind of nervous, like (laughs) stretching too much. And we were nervous and we didn't, you know, a bunch of volunteers showed up and we did a, a version of the orientation and then sent people out and we just figured it out as we went along. We did do, had done a test count before that, but there's always new things cropping up that you don't expect and mm. people coming back with their stories, which we didn't really anticipate. Mm. Um, we had a place for people to write down some extra notes and stories, but then everybody would come back at this around the same time and share something that they saw, and it didn't necessarily mm. have to do with squirrels. Um, and so what we started realizing was that this particular was making people see their neighborhood in a completely different way. Hmm. They would go to a part of the neighborhood that they'd never been to before. They'd find alleyways. They'd end up talking to somebody. One of our, Donald Bassanzio, our epidemiologist, uh, he must just look suspicious or something, but he was stopped by the cops five times. He just like looked funny carrying around a clipboard and they were <laughs> asking him what he was doing. I guess I didn't believe him when he said he was counting squirrels.
0: (laughs) Um, Wow!
2: (laughs) Yeah, and uh, you know they let him go each time, but um, it just it was kind of funny to us. But and then so that was the first census, and we realized, oh, this is cool; it provides value to the neighborhood. And then when we did the second census, it was kind of the opposite, where the suspicion had gone away from Hmm. neighbors and from police and people. The ciders were being recognized as Hmm. squirrel ciders. And they were like, oh, you can't. Were they schools.
0: wearing gear at that point? Or were they rocking the, the stuff you guys had made, the shirts and things?
2: Well, with the first census, we had buttons uh, and clipboards. Those are the identifying mm. factors for the squirrel-siders. Um, and then, for the second census, we had updated the buttons and clipboards. The clipboards for that one were yellow. They really stuck out. Hmm. Um, and the, but then people just knew. Uh, we had built, uh, when you talk about like recruiting volunteers, the first time we rec- recruited volunteers, we were just figuring out as we went along. The second time, We were kind of known and so then we put out word through neighborhood websites and through just social media and then people were coming to us that way and so people knew that the census was going to happen then you have the moment when the census is on and everyone's talking Mm -hmm. about the census and people are walking around the neighborhood and then the census is over and we like to have this gap in between where we have to uh, go through all the data and information and stories from all the volunteers and then put it together in a report. And so then you have the big unveiling report where everybody comes back to see the results.
0: I saw that you guys are having um, soon in New York City, is it called a squirrel ball? Or (laughs) is there a different phrase
3: for that? That's the phrase. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Okay. (laughs) And is this where you would do, did you do the same thing in Atlanta with the big reveals that you would have? Was there a squirrel ball or is this the first annual that's coming up?
2: So we did, um, for the first one, I can get you the exact name. We, we were into long names before, and it was like <laughs> the M.M. Park Squirrel Census Data Reveal and Spectacle or something like that. Um, and that thing, it lasted like an hour and a half. There was a, a modern dance. There was like a, a oh modern dance God. of like two mating squirrels to we were playing a <laughs> Ivana song. And we, should, we
3: can do whatever we, we want. We can do
2: whatever we want. Yeah, <laughs> And I can't even, I was playing guitar and I can't even play guitar and I can't sing either. And I was just screaming into a microphone. Um, and then we had like my son and his friend Carl, Avery and Carl, we had created a cardboard car for them that if anybody asked a stupid question, they would run over the person with the cardboard car because that's what oh happens my. to squirrels. Like God. if they make the wrong decision, they get run over by a car. So... Uh, And then we had a guessing game on how many squirrels were in Inman Park and a a bunch of other Mm. stuff like that. And then with uh, the second one, we kept it pretty casual. We wanted the the report to speak for itself, but we wanted to celebrate. And so there's a place in Inman Park called the Trolley Barn, and we managed to rent that out and have a squirrel ball for the 2016 (laughs) reveal. That was fun, and it was also a trial run. When we're looking back on it now, the squirrel ball was like we saw everybody wanted to come to the squirrel ball, and um, there's just like it has a certain ring to it. There's there's also a neighborhood ball here called the butterfly ball because the butterfly is technically the mascot for the neighborhood, even though we're trying to change that. Um, (laughs) um, And then so when it came to New York, though, we were like we're going to do a presentation, but like squirrel ball just seems like. It seems like New Yorkers should have a squirrel ball in Central Park.
0: Absolutely. Everybody should have a squirrel yeah. ball. Can you guys tell us a little bit about Central Park and the idea to go from Atlanta to Central Park in the first place? And like how the hell did you make it happen? Because it seems like a pretty big endeavor.
2: A lot of people ask us why we wanted to go count Central Park. <laughs> and there's a number of reasons for it. Um, the top one being we had so much fun counting Inman Park twice and then telling the stories and seeing the effect that it had on the people who experienced it. And we knew that if we took that to New York, then it would be, you know, multiply it times 100 because um, it's such a dense environment and high media.
3: Challenge and and reward.
2: Yeah. Mm, Well, mm. then, yeah, the challenge of it was also like the number of countable hectares in Central Park is twice as much, a little over twice as much. Okay. As accountable hectares in Inman Park, you know we're wrapping our heads around that and go, yeah, we can totally do that. Uh, that's also the biggest challenge that we can give ourselves. So at the moment, at the moment, yeah, let's. Ah. That's like it's like a really great big challenge, and also just the idea of like going into New York. We all have experience with New York, but going into New York and doing anything can be uh, quite the challenge. That seemed to us to be um, a great reason to do it. We knew we were going to reach a bunch of people. We knew we were going to be able to tell a story that was going to move a lot of people. We knew that the volunteers were going to get a lot, a lot of out of it, and we knew people in New York were going to see their park in a completely different way. We didn't know how much um, that would happen. We we had an idea in our head, and then um, we arrived in New York, and we had—I'll set it up for Sally. We had—I'm
3: going to stop you though because I think one thing we had talked about um being kind of like a critical part of this is that discovery trip four or five days and the people you met with oh yeah in leadership positions in new york such as richard simon
2: so richard simon with new york city parks department he's uh, a wildlife guy there head of the wildlife unit Mm. colin gerald mack with nyu who already had Mm. a copy of our 2016 report on his coffee table Mm. so he knew about us and then um we went to the Explorers Club and Will Roseman with the Explorers Club gave us a free tour of the Explorers Club and then told us two of the f- cool. funniest squirrel stories we had ever heard. And <laughs> and then he said, where do you want your office to be? And we'd never asked to have an office. We went up to New York on that trip, like wondering if we could pull it off. And we came away with it, like going, it felt like we were in lockstep with everybody. Like everyone was just like, huh. oh, everyone's on board with this. Yeah. Everybody wants this to happen. Um, let's make this happen. It's so cool. Yeah.
0: It's interesting listening to you because we always talk about how you, if you're going to start something that's like a community where other people are contributing, step 1 is like finding an early team of allies that help you do it because it's about big groups of people contributing and it sounds like that was the natural instinct in Atlanta and then you just did it again in New York with that discovery trip really was just find the right people to help you realize it so did they like was it about they helped you get the word out or how did these partners help you
2: Uh, yeah, they helped get the word out. Uh, they also just gave us, um, a feeling of legitimacy. Mm. We get asked why more than I've ever been asked in my life about anything. It's like, (laughs) and it's like for a lot of people, we've learned to identify the people who are asking why there's some people that want to just know why, because they want to be involved. Mm. And then there's other people that are asking why, and they will never understand it in a million years. Mm. And it's difficult to talk to them. And we encounter a lot of those people. They're really vocal to go up to New York, And then suddenly talk to someone and within two sentences, they're nodding and going, yes, we want to be a part of this. This is fun. Uh, The legitimacy that provided us, it gave us confidence and made us realize that, you know, on some level, even though we know we can tell ourselves when we're, you know, having our little meetings, we can go, this is worthwhile to have someone else outside it to say this is worthwhile and we want this to happen. That was a big moment.
3: And here are some things to consider in developing your plan.
2: Yeah, taking us Mm. seriously. Um, Richard Simon Mm. was like, you know, the New York City Parks Department can't officially be a partner with you, but we're going to help you navigate how to do all of this. You're going to have to get a permit. You're going to want to watch out for this, and you're going to want to watch out for that. And then when we got up there, we actually wrote a press release. And just to get word out, and the Parks Department put it out on their whole whatever it is, like media yeah. system. And then from that point on, like the New York City mayor's office saw it and they tweeted us. Mm-hmm. And their
0: tweet was amazing. I, I I read about it on like New York Post. What did it say? I can't remember it, but it was a pun. Something about nuts, I'm sure. There's a nut <laughs> pun
3: in the New York oh, City oh. Mayor's Office tweet about you guys. Yeah. <laughs> we, success. yeah we were Yeah, Good we success. were like, what? That was a real turning point for me because I was monitoring the signups, <laughs> and there was a section where we asked, "Where did you hear about this?" Uh, wanting to know, you know, where hmm. the people were coming from who were interested in participating in the census. And when I saw the mayor's office, it was immediately texted the team, "This is happening."
2: Yeah. So we had when we showed up to New York, we had thirty. 30- Three volunteers. Um wow. and we needed about three hundred. Yeah. And we were at the point where we were like going
3: what's hey, our contingency plan? Plan
2: B, plan C, yeah. like what are we gonna do? Like, can we count how much of the park can we can count? We count
3: eighty percent and yeah. then rely on people
2: to mm-hmm. who are need?
3: there after we leave to finish up the count?
2: Yeah. And then the, within a day, within a couple of hours, wow uh the opposite happened where uh, Sally was no longer talking to anybody unless it was, uh, unless it, uh, was it was Josh, Yeah, unless it was food <laughs> or you had something really relevant to say right now because she was dealing with all these volunteers all of a sudden. And then, wow. and then Josh was, uh, and then you got Josh involved too, mm-hmm. and he was handling all this stuff. And then the media was calling and I was handling the media. So it was just this incredibly intense, busy couple of mm-hmm. days leading up to the census. And, um, and then we had to cut off, uh, volunteer signups. Uh, we probably could have had 500 volunteers. Um, wow. They say, you know, like New York is like, it's a dense environment. Um, there's people, you know, they live obviously right on top of each other. And they also walk the streets and they communicate a lot with each other. And I think it reflects the spirit of New York. Like people say New York's the best city in the world. And <clears throat> one of the reasons I think is because it's a lot of people are like really community oriented in New York. And they, they find the thing that they want to be involved with. And then when they're involved with it, they leap in. And we were obviously in love with the city of New York before that. And then we saw this happening and we were just like, wow, Mm. this is amazing. Mm. We never, we never could have imagined having a response like that. So, Mm. so what
1: was the scene on on the day
3: leading up to it? We'd had a day where we'd gone out and done a test count Mm. and we realized our time that we were planning to start was way too early Mm. because of the dogs being off the leash Oh, yeah. Hmm. So we were out there like 7.30 in the morning, which is when we'd planned to have volunteers out there counting. And we weren't seeing squirrels. I was like, if people are coming out to count squirrels and they're not finding squirrels, (laughs) this is going to be a real letdown. Mm -hmm. Um, And also unsuccessful in getting the counts that we needed. There was that that -hmm. we had to figure out early on. And then, yes, we were watching weather Every day and signing up people. I believe there was like a series of two to three days that were just nonstop volunteers flooding in. Mm-hmm. The New York Times article came out that Friday. I think so. I yeah. believe. Mm-hmm. And we had to. We had already stopped volunteer sign up, so at that point, people were still reaching out, and we were putting them on a list in case backup was needed mm-hmm. or spots became available. And then that that opening day. Mm-hmm. We were all tired (laughs) already. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Saturday, October 6th, 2018. (laughs) That was the one day we needed a permit for because we had a larger gathering over at Mineral Springs across from Sheet Meadow. Mm. Um, And it was kind of overcast.
2: The weather is a big deal. And that's the gamble that you have over two weeks. It could have rained every day for two weeks and it would have been a bust. It turned Mm. out that the weather was perfect for everything hmm. it had a mix by perfect it doesn't mean it was sunny all the time it had a, a mix of every kind of weather you could imagine it had the it was hot at the beginning and kind of steamy and a little overcast and then we had some rain and then it cleared up and it was beautiful and then it got freezing and it was really breezy uh, towards the end of it uh, so it gave a wide variety of like the type of weather conditions that um, squirrels face but that first particular day, um, the launch, we had the, the conch blow. We, um, from the beginning, oh, yeah. we um, have like, it's, I, I can't, I have a conch shell that I had since I was 12, because it's like, my parents should have been, should have, it should say, we went to Hawaii and all you got was this stupid conch shell. They, they brought back, the, <laughs> and, but I, I learned how to blow it and um, just kept it around. And I found it in a box, like right before the first census. <laughs> and my son was at an age where he was just like, conch shell, cool. And was um, blowing into it, so I was like, "When we launched this first Squirrel Census in Park, you're going to blow the conch." And it Aww. became this tradition. And then in Central Park, you know, he's uh, 17, going on 18 now, and he's still the the conch blower for the Squirrel census. Yes. So for him, it's sort of. I was like, going, "I wonder if he's going to do it." I'm just going to be like, <laughs> "He's too cool for this kind of stuff now." And I, he and, did it. Yeah. He went out and we were standing on the rock and we gave a little intro thing. Thank you for coming. All that kind of stuff. And, um, how excited we were about this. And then we had the conch blow and there was that moment where you're like, Oh no. Cause you, it's hard to blow a conch. Like, uh, is, is he, is it, yeah, is it I feel be, like it's common to own one and never know how to blow one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, he nailed it. He nailed he it. He did. And, um, moment
0: of glory.
2: The count was on. Yeah. So that was, yeah. that was fun.
0: Tell me about some of the people that have shown up over the years. What do you think the reasons are that people like are like yes I want to give my time to this
2: How was like so in contact with all of the squirrel ciders in the central park since it's like by name. Like Hell yeah. yeah!
3: I'm really excited for the ball to like yeah. see everybody mm. again. And, and
2: everyone was like Sally, Sally. Everyone knew Sally, and then they would see her out in Central Park, and she was like, she was a celebrity for this for well, this world. But anyway, Sally,
3: why
0: why did you stay in such close contact with people? Where you know why did you decide to do that? Some people wouldn't communicate like that.
3: That was really important to me. That was like one little thing that stood out to me very early on that I knew I needed to do, which was stay in contact with the people who were reaching out to us. Mm-hmm. So there were a lot of communications, but you bringing know, bringing
2: joy to people. Yeah, you, yeah. Bringing joy
3: to people, actually having a conversation. It wasn't just, Hey, we need all the squirrels counted. So we need you for that purpose alone. It's like, no, these are people who are dedicating time to come out and do this thing with this spirit of adventure, you know, they were taking a risk. It was important that they know that they were people talking to us. We were people doing this thing, and yeah, bringing joy. Mm-hmm. People canceled last minute, couldn't make it um, to their shift. They got a response um, and were offered other shifts to sign up for. People ended up reaching out. It was kind of interesting. Like, you know, you're up at six in the morning to go out into the park and count squirrels and you you've said it. So you're like, Hey, we're going to be in the field. We might not answer in as timely a manner as we should, um, just keep that in mind. But then people would email, Hey, my grandma's sick. I have to go to the Mm. hospital instead of coming out to count squirrels. I'm so sorry. Good luck. And I'm like, they're not telling anybody else this right now, Mm. but they're telling me Mm. as a volunteer coordinator, hey, I have this personal thing going on. Mm. Um, and that's like kind of one negative example or like maybe sad example, uh, Sometimes it was positive. Hey, I have a job interview. I'm sorry, I'm not going to be able to make it. And then it was like, great, good luck. Let me know if you can come out another day. So Mm. just kept it personal, which kind of like, why else are we doing this? Yeah,
2: love that. But Sally, she does this with everybody too. She notices details about a person. And uh, remembers the details. And so all of a sudden, all these characters mm. started coming up through just by paying attention. She just paid attention to what these people were going through. Mm. And then you would go out. So my experience is um, I was one of four People going out to four different locations of the park to lead an orientation and and send people around the park. So I would show up, and Sally's texting me as I'm going out there, going, Don't forget to tell this to this, and this to Sherry, and this to Marty, Mm. and all these people. And I'm like, Okay, 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 yeah. And then I get out there, and then you see the people, and you're like, Oh, hi. Yeah, Sally was telling me about you. Yeah, oh, very Mm. nice to meet you. Very cool. It just created Mm. this uh, community uh, just by paying attention. There's a certain uh, type of squirrel cider that comes out that has been kept in the closet for most of their lives because they're a squirrel fan. And then they suddenly have this moment where they're like, wait a minute, you're telling me that there's other squirrel people out there and they want to count squirrels? And so they're finally heard and seen, mm-hmm. and they come out, and there are people like going, look, this is my squirrel tattoo. Uh, <laughs> and it, oh was like th- it was like that moment where you're like going, oh, this is really cool. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, the squirrel people are – and not only were they um, – have their moment where they could go out and count squirrels and they were bringing us gifts and everything. Um, But they were heard by Sally and Sally was remembering details about it and, um, and creating this little community with us. We're still texting with the guy right now. He's on the same, (laughs) like he, he sends us texts from central park now with his update (laughs) on the central park squirrels. His name's Stuart. He's like, Top-level Squirrel Cider, embodiment of the Squirrel Ciders. He's uh, Mm. been a closet squirrel fan for a long time. He lives in the village, and he has... Squirrels outside his apartment that he leaves his window open and they come in. <laughs> and no way. We'll, we'll tap him. We'll tap him on the cheek in the morning to wake him up to so that so that uh, he can. The squirrel them.
0: taps him yeah. on the
2: cheek. The squirrel taps him on the cheek. Yeah.
0: Whoa. <laughs>
2: and um and so he know like he knows squirrels better than we do. He knows where they are, what they hang out, where they hang out, and all that stuff. He, he has, has a, a
3: shirt that says squirrels are my people.
2: Yeah. And so, so he like he was just like. One of the top <laughs> ciders, like he goes out there and he's like, "I already, you're putting me in this hectare, and I already know where they're they're at right now." Like he, has <laughs> he <the name>. helped
3: <laughs> other ciders.
2: Yeah, he helped other ciders. He was fun to have on board and still have on board. And then, but then there were other people that were filled in the gaps because um, we had moments where it was like, "We don't have a squirrel scout, or we don't have somebody managing this." And then you were mm-hmm. like, "Oh, I'll get this person to do it."
3: Or, yeah, um, Tiffany Bai. She was. Uh, she is a student at NYU. And she signed up early on to say, yes, I'll help be a scout. So she was actually one of the first people I met. I met Jamie, Tiffany, and another scout when I landed in New York. Um, She was just on call. You know, "Where where do you need me to be? Gothic Bridge? Got it. I'll be there. Why
0: was she uh, showing up? Do you think what was her motivation? Was she a closeted squirrel fan, or what? What was her vibe? That's a good question I because not, it's
2: not all closeted squirrel fans. It's other people that um, like uh, volunteer people that just want to do good for their community, and they're like, "Oh, volunteer. Okay, I'll go help out with whatever this project mm-hmm. is." And that those, she, those people are super cool. She's a
3: leader. Yeah, she just wanted to have a group that she could and then lead.
2: She also falls in the category hmm. of student.
3: Student. And there's yeah. like
2: students who need to get like community hour service and mm. and put something on their resume. And so to uh, say you were involved in a squirrel count kind of cool. She's a leader and would immediately just be like, uh, you want me to do this? Sure. Yeah, no problem. And <laughs> it's like, wow. Okay. Yeah, she's going to go far. <laughs>
3: Yeah. Uh, I was trying to think, who else? Um Gabriel. Gabriel's a seventh grade student and his mom reached out, had found out about the census after signups were closed and she basically begged his way in to a shift. Mm -hmm. But she she sent a picture of him with a squirrel like basically coming up to him. And I was like, Okay, yeah, we can't not have him (laughs) Image credibility. Right.
2: And then David and Judy.
3: David and Judy.
2: Yeah. A retired couple. Uh, they live a lot near the park and they're, they're squirrel fans and they have like stuffed squirrels all over their apartment. They keep (laughs) inviting us over. We need to go see that. Um, and so Judy likes to do spreadsheet stuff and enter data. So she started showing up at the office and just entering data. And David was like, he was like the type that's like, no, I need to be out in the field. And so whenever you need me, I'll be out in the field. Uh, but one really telling moment came, um, in the middle of the squirrel census we had, a squirrel soiree at the Explorers Club. And someone had the idea uh with the Explorers Club to uh what was the song? Count your Count Your Blessings yeah, but instead uh, of
3: sheep. Yeah, to sing yeah.
2: Count Your Blessings. Uh
3: but rewrite the lyrics so it's to be about squirrels. squirrels. Yeah.
2: And, um, and so they were fun. They asked me to do it. And I was like, what? No way. I'm not You're like, do it that.
3: doesn't work with the story. Yeah. I was like,
2: uh. <laughs> but they kept asking and David was like, sure, I'll do it. And he stood up in front of the crowd and acapella, like af- after, like, hearing like, wow. this like two minutes before sang this song in front of everybody and had everybody singing along too.
0: Oh my God.
2: So that was like, yeah. Couldn't star, have planned it better. You guys star, got characters. Cider. So there's squirrel ciders, squirrel scouts who help people find their hectares they would go out and like escort people to their hectares and then there is alpha squirrels who showed up for more than four shifts or four, four shifts and more and then there's uh the leaders we were the people, team members team members that would do the orientations and that kind of stuff just so you it up. yeah Yeah,
1: great roles.
2: Yeah,
3: Yeah. so Alpha, we probably had over sixty, or right about sixty people who did four more shifts, completed four more shifts as scouts, as ciders, Alpha ciders. What do you
0: get if you're an Alpha? Is there just the name recognition, or is there any other form of recognition?
3: They got some swag. Um, They got a T-shirt and a beanie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want to ask you
0: about the gear um, too. The first time I heard about you guys is from my friend Ash New, who works at The Times, and she was like, "This squirrel census, people are crazy about it, and everybody <laughs> wants one of those T-shirts too." And she's like, "I think that's like part of it—is they have such a cool brand, people really like want to be close to it." Do you think that's true? Do you think, like, the gear, the, the yeah. style is, like, a really big piece of it? Or do you think if that was thrown out, it wouldn't – it you know, you'd still get lots of people coming out?
2: Uh, you'd still get – I think you'd still get lots of people coming out. But um, it sort of, like, cohesifies the story that it embodies uh, what we represent, I think. And we've always been very serious about the design and the right? – we call it a brand. It's, it's – to us, it's the story. It's us. Um, it's also – when I say the story – There's three levels of story that I see with the Squirrel Census. One is just like the data and the nonfiction, the facts. Two is the caricatures that we play. Hmm. There's the team. And then there's people saying, you're kind (laughs) of like out of a Wes Anderson film or something. And so it creates this sort of halfway fictional world that we can Hmm. fill in with um, our own stuff. And that's where the brand sort of blooms. And we create the logos and stuff around that. And then the third a uh, level of storytelling is the completely fictional anthropomorphic stuff. And it's all squirrels and they talk and they have their <laughs> own histories and that kind of thing. We're having a lot of fun with it and uh, doing the Wes Anderson parody stuff and then coming up with uh, logos and stuff based around that. And then we started growing in our own direction. And then the other thing that Sally helps out with one of the many other things is we were zeroing in on our central park look and mm-hmm. she has a really good eye for design and is very specific and picky. And, that's so, really
3: more it. Yeah, and, and yeah.
2: it was one of those moments where uh, I just put the design in front of Sally. And it's like, Sally, what do you think of this? And it's like, that's my trick strategy right there. Because then, <laughs> then cause I knew she couldn't just look at it and just go, oh, it's fine. She started going, well, we need to do this. It we need to do be this. We, yeah, it could be better. It could, it could be better. better. It could be better. Yeah. So we had an email. String of, uh, like it 100. broke
3: the thread. Yeah, like, the threads. It had to start a new one. Oh about my gosh. About a patch.
2: About a patch, yeah. But that really <laughs> narrowed down the look, and then suddenly we looked at it and we're like, oh, we got our Central Park look now, and that's gonna be our new look. So it's um, navy blue, yellow with the acorn.
3: And mm-hmm. what's great is that the patches failed. <laughs> <laughs> After all that, the first ones totally failed. We had hoped to have the beanies to give to our alpha ciders while we were in New York, and we got them, and we couldn't give them away. You know, we terrible. were like, we can't yeah. put this out there. They look terrible. They no. look terrible. Uh,
2: it, it was basically, yeah, it was. um We were too proud of our design aesthetic to just release these to the public. We were just like, Oh my gosh. No way, man. We're going to burn these. This yeah. is like burning money. <laughs> so I had right to right. go yeah. use a
3: seam ripper on the after the fact. Oh yeah.
2: I forgot about that. Yeah. These things, these things were sewed on,
3: sewed yeah. <laughs> Glued on to the beanies. Yeah. Onto
2: the beanies. And rather than just put them out there, Sally and her mother took each beanie one by one and cut off the patch and unglued it and then saved all the beanies so that we could re-glue a new patch.
0: Wow. Yeah.
3: Dedication. Yeah. That was but Thanksgiving does, road trip 2018.
2: It, <laughs> we're not peer reviewed science. We have an epidemiologist and we stick close to the methodology and the formula. One thing we have going for us is uh, we have this design aesthetic and the story and it gets a lot of attention because of that. It gets mm. a lot more attention than it would. The reason that we know this is because there's tons of peer-reviewed studies out there that are really super valuable and they don't have good design or the design is just not quite, uh, it's not catchy enough. And you know, as the internet has blossomed over the course of the last 10 or 15 years, the importance of design in telling stories and infographics in telling stories. And people are getting a lot better at that. There's something like called the pudding that I'm a big fan of. They tell unique stories through um, design and numbers and that kind of thing. So we're getting better at it. But I know that we would just be another animal count down in Atlanta, Georgia, that few people had heard of if we weren't so uh, dedicated to that.
3: Yeah. yeah. Um, we were talking to someone recently who's going to be helping us with the ball and had just asked her, What do you know of the squirrel census? Like, just curious to get her side, her understanding, her takeaways. Um, and she mentioned the memorabilia um, that we had. And that word stood out to Jamie and me because we were like, it is. It's that. It helps you remember the significant thing that happened yeah. that you were a part of. Um, we like that.
2: From changing from merchandise to memorabilia. Yeah. I've always been a baseball fan, and it's, it becomes a baseball kind of mm. uh Tie-in. Tie-in. Yeah. Where it's like you go to a baseball game or you buy old Yankees gear that's memorabilia. And mm-hmm. so it's Squirrel census memorabilia to us. And that sort of guides us in how we choose it. Yeah, yeah. We've completely lucked out in a number of ways, like meeting an epidemiologist who's specializes in squirrels. But we have also completely lucked out in the designers that have wanted to get involved. I think most people assume that like anything, like most of the best designers are in New York or LA or some other big city. Atlanta's a pretty big city. Uh, but I don't think people will go, yeah, if you're going to, if you want good design, you need to go down to Atlanta. But if there are designers mm-hmm. here that we found, Office of Brothers and some other folks that they've worked with that created the look of the brand and allowed us to launch from there mm-hmm. and do what we're doing now.
0: Yeah. As I hear you guys talk, I I feel like we, we've been interviewing tons of communities and, the ones that really stand out to me are ones that take something that would otherwise be intimidating and make it playful and accessible. And I think science can be like really inaccessible and not humorous. And like, especially anything connecting to environmentalism, it's just like distant from the average person. And I feel like you guys are using design and voice and acknowledgement and human contact to really like guide people into participating and make it easy for people to say like, yes, I do want to do that. And a space where like no one else is really doing that. Um, and I, I love that about you guys. Is this girl census a community?
2: Yeah. Well, we no, no, we're not a community. We're a family and mm. there's like, you know, you hear other people say that it's like, uh, going back to baseball again, there's always like the winning team, you know, world series locker room and they got the goggles on and champagne everywhere. And they're like, we're a family. Um, it's kind of like that, but it's like, it it really has actually become a family, um, Mm -hmm. from the beginning. And it's partly a family because there's like six of us. And And it's also kind of a family because some members have left and then were replaced by other people like Sally coming in. It wasn't like a, a verbalized concern, but I think all of the other team members were like wondering, how's Sally going to fit in? Like we don't, we just didn't know how she would fit in. And then we put her into the central park squirrel census in a small office and with all kinds of pressure. And it was just like, she fit in perfectly. And it was just like, we've been lucky in that way in that. I think the type of people that I was
3: going to say, I think it applies beyond the team too.
2: Yeah. The type of people that are attracted uh, to this project kind of, it feels like we naturally get along and, and help each other and, and balance mm-hmm. each other out. And that's what the whole family is about. Like, mm-hmm. like for me as a writer, I mean, obviously I couldn't do any of, I, I could tell the story, but I couldn't do all of the other stuff that's happening. And so, um, like making a map. Yeah. Making a map. I could draw a map on a, with a crayon or something, but definitely could not do what a gnat is going to be doing with the the map of Central Park and uh, the squirrel chart that he's creating.
0: Yeah, and it seems like, too, I mean, the beauty of the whole thing is without the volunteers, without the map maker, without every piece of logistics, without all the communication, like, it's a group effort. It exists only because the group works well uh, together. And that part, I think, is, like, very, very exciting to me that you guys can get so many people to participate and to contribute to the idea.
3: Maybe you should say it's like a band.
2: Yeah,
0: that's the other <laughs> thing.
3: Yeah.
2: The um so we we kind of, you know, we are always coming up with these metaphors of what we are and We're how we a team. like a t- yeah, team, family, band is definitely going back to the band thing. Uh not necessarily a punk band, but the one band that keeps coming up for me is Fleetwood Mac <laughs> mm. <laughs> because they uh love it. Because they broke up and they People came
0: in and out. Yeah,
2: and that's the way we've kind of seen it. It's like, you know, we had uh the the 2012 version of squirrel census band and then the 2016 version and then the 2018, 2019 version. And it's, there's core members and then there's different members. And it's like mm. you're bringing in a different, um, we need a keyboardist for this album. Um, does anybody know a mm. keyboardist? And then you bring in a keyboardist and they're like, Whoa, they know you, not only they play keyboard, but they just change the album. Like this is, huh. where, um, so that's the way I it's love been that with us. Yeah. It's also, um, I think we're all control freaks. Um, well, in, right. our, in, our, in our daily lives, we're all control freaks. And this project challenges us to let go of control and let mm-hmm. other people handle things. And it's sometimes difficult, uh, but it's ultimately way more rewarding. Um, mm-hmm. for me. Yeah, for me specifically as a writer, you think about a writer, it's mm-hmm. like you can control your little world and <laughs> never see it published. That story that I wrote, uh, about the squirrel and the dog never got published anywhere like no one wanted it. And and then I open up to inviting other people into a project. And then that's what um, we have the most fun with and the most joy from. Hmm. So it's about letting go of control. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's the lesson all of us adults can internalize. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for your time. I think that's a great way to to end the interview. But we appreciate it, and I hope we get to cross paths. I, I, I'm going to be traveling when y'all are here, but I, I'm going to send Kevin if he can come to say hi to you guys. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Come by. That'll be cool, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so
2: much, guys. Appreciate
0: it. Yeah. Thank you. Since we recorded our conversation with Jamie and Sally, the Squirrel Census team has shared some fun updates and news from their Central Park effort. Here are the highlights. First, they had 323 squirrel-ciders or volunteers take part in the Central Park Census. By their calculations, drumroll please, there are approximately 2,373 squirrels in Central Park. On a glum note, the squirrel ball didn't happen. It was too expensive. But they did have the Central Park Squirrel Census Report and Map Presentation and Solstice Eve Frolic on June 20th, the last day of spring, at the Explorers Club in New York City. A hundred people attended, and Jamie reports it was quite fun. Finally, their report is remarkable. The reports they made contained the most comprehensive map of Central Park created in over 70 years. And they include two spots in the park that were newly named by the scroll census. Nat Slaughter, their chief cartographer, spent over 1,500 hours working on these maps, and he was even invited to present them at the International Cartography Conference in Tokyo in July. It was a big hit. The two maps he made are both five feet by three feet. Meaning they're huge. One of the maps notes the locations and colors of every squirrel sighted. If you want one, the reports are available for sale on their website, thesquirrelcensus.com, or scope them out on Twitter or Instagram at squirrelcensus. One word, no underscores, no nothing else. Squirrelcensus.
1: Have you seen the movie Up? Yeah. 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 Squirrel.
0: Squirrel, squirrel. Also, my
1: <laughs> I hid under I hate under the porch because I love you.
0: My uh my family my name loves is Doug the Christmas vacation. Have you ever watched National Lampoons Christmas I know, Vacation? I know your parents I know squirrel. you love this no, I don't know that part. A squirrel jumps out of the Christmas tree that they cut down from the wild and jumps on the grandpa. Anyway. That's exactly what I to hear. I had
1: one sort of special squirrel experience in college when I was Sitting at a table outside of the Golden Bear Cafe eating tater tots. And then this squirrel jumped on my table. Give me some of your And tots. started like stalking me, like going like left and right. And, like, <laughs> and everyone looked at me and they were like, wow, that, that kid is just, he's one of those kids that likes to feed squirrels. But it really was not that. Hmm. I was just frozen in time as this squirrel Trans-like was state. like, you know, staring down my tater tots like a cheetah staring down you know its next meal
0: a cheetah like squirrel yeah my my grandma in uh, the squirrel census team always talks about how people like squirrel stories and now i understand yeah we're on the rope my grandma when she was in her mid to late 70s she lives in the middle of a redwood forest in northern california and a squirrel jumped on her head and she tore a muscle
1: she tore a muscle. Yeah, yeah,
0: because was trying to get the squirrel off her head. Yeah. yeah,
1: I once did a "Would you rather?" I said I forget what the animals, but it was something like "Would you rather have like a squirrel jump onto your face or <laughs> or a rat like run up your pant leg?"
0: Oh my god! I know definitely it. the squirrel.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: That oh, was cute. Oh god, that was an f bomb. We're at the end of the episode. We can bleep that one. Yeah, in. thanks. Please bleep that. <laughs> Beep. All right.
1: Okay. So the the other exciting news apart from these stories is that we're writing a book. <laughs> Writing a book called Get Together, like Everybody's this podcast is media, also called book. Get Together.
0: Oh yeah, sorry.
1: Yeah, uh, it's going to be together. published later this year with more stories like this, more stories about communities, extraordinary communities started by everyday folks. It's a guide on how to start a community based on all this research we've done and experiences we've had. Participating in, researching, coaching, all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, you can sign up to get notified about that book on our website, which is peopleand.company. The .company. Or you can say hi to us with an email to hi at company.
0: Woo! All right. Last thing, if you don't mind. Review us. It means a lot. Yeah. Subscribe, we love us. more reviews. Subscribes, all those things. Yeah. For it's the nice feedback for, for For every us, new review. You know.
1: Every new review, what is it called? It's a problem. An
0: angel gets its wings or yeah. whatever.
1: No, I was gonna say you're gonna tell a new squirrel story. Oh yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Wow. For sure. Stakes are high.
1: Stakes are very high. All right. Yeah. Put those stakes high in the air.
0: All right. <laughs> well, we're out. Okay. All right. Later. <laughs> yeah.